Coming up on Locked On Big Ten, Isaiah Hole is in to start our preview of Michigan, Michigan State on Saturday. It's a top 10 matchup with huge Big Ten implications. Let's get right into the show. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every weekday. Alongside Isaiah Hole, our Thursday co-host, I'm Nate Dickinson. we got a really good show lined up for you here today. Michigan and Michigan State are set to meet up on Saturday, two 7-0 teams who have faced plenty of doubters going into this matchup, but they both made it here unbeaten, and now it's a top 10 game coming up here. And Isaiah, of course, our Michigan host on the Locked On Podcast Network, covers Michigan for Wolverines Wire over at USA Today. And Isaiah, thanks for joining us again on a Thursday. Let's just get your thoughts here as we go into the biggest game of the season to date for Michigan. How are the Wolverines planning on attacking this Michigan State team? Well, I'm curious to that myself, right? Because we've seen different versions of the Michigan offense in particular. Uh, Michigan certainly would, if if they can just run the ball like they did against Washington, the first, really the first three opponents, uh, or even against Northwestern, that was really pretty much it. They were just mostly running the ball. Yeah, they dinked and dunked a little bit. They did pass, what, 32 times in that game. But still, like the, the whole point was to run the ball. If they can get away with running the ball, then they'll do that. But then when they went up against Wisconsin, they knew for a fact they weren't going to be able to do that. And then they they were way more creative with the pass plays. They they schemed some guys open. They made sure that they had uh, different plans of attack. They were very aggressive. Uh, but the passing game, really, that's the only time all year that you kind of felt confident about the passing game. Aside from the Nebraska game, uh, it seemed like they were they were running until they found themselves in third and medium, and then they would throw. They'd find a, a guy that was uh, usually a tight end underneath or maybe a receiver downfield. And that was pretty much that. I think that we'll, given that after the Washington game, Jim Harbaugh was asked about the, the plan of attack and said, Hey, we knew we weren't going to be able to throw on them very well. So we decided we were going to pass on them uh, or sorry, run the ball on them. Uh, so uh, I think I had that backwards, but you know what I'm saying? They, they didn't right, think they were right. going to be able to pass well. So they ran on them. Uh I think that with this Michigan state team, the way to beat them is through the air. So I would imagine that there will be a little bit of that plan of attack, but they're not going to abandon the running game. They've been very adamant that that's not in the cards. Uh, basically everyone that I've talked to from Rico beard from 97, one Audrey Dahlgren from WLNS, Matt Sheehan from locked on Spartans and Joel Klatt, uh, who will be on the locked on Wolverines podcast today. Uh, he, they all, they all kind of say the same thing of, Michigan cannot get away from its identity entirely, of course. It needs to go out there and run the ball the way that it has. That, that doesn't mean you're going to get six, seven, eight yards a clip, but you need to be able to do at least what you did against Wisconsin in order to take advantage of this Michigan State defense because the outside cornerbacks are vulnerable. Michigan State does not have the best pass defense. It does have a much better run defense. So to me, that's the that's the big key for the offensive side. On the defensive side is just as intriguing to me, right? Because 
how how does Peyton Thorne and those receivers, how do they attack these Michigan corners? And does the Michigan pass rush, is it capable of disrupting him? This is a different defense than what Michigan had last year when Rocky Lombardi was able to just take two steps and then throw it, uh, throw it up as a 50, 50 ball. You, if you do that against this defense, you're liable to get the ball picked because you don't know necessarily what you're seeing. Cause Don Brown, the former defensive coordinator ran pretty much exclusively man coverage. Uh, he'd sprinkled in some zone in some previous years, but last year it took a while before he started doing that and it, they weren't ready for it. And it's, that's a whole another story, but Mike McDonald will try to confuse you. We'll try to make you think, Hey, a blitz is coming. And then that guy backs into coverage. They run a lot of zone. They are very multiple. They pattern match. They do everything to really take advantage of the ability to confuse an offense. It's hard for an offense to put this Michigan defense in conflict because the Michigan defense is going to show you multiple things all of, all the, through all three levels, right? They're going to show you different looks up front. They're going to move Aiden Hutchinson around. Uh, they're going to show you different coverages on the back end. You never know what the safeties are actually doing. Uh, the corners might be in soft coverage. They might end up being in man. You never know. So that's really intriguing as well. I, I And then special teams kind of seems like both teams are pretty much elite when it comes to special teams. So what the plan of attack is, I have no idea because – it seems like from one game to the next, it's a little bit different. They really are taking things game by game, as they say. Uh, but I feel like Michigan needs this game a lot more than Michigan State does, just based off of, you know, Mel Tucker's a relatively new coach. Uh, obviously, there's some distractions potentially there with the LSU rumors. Uh, but Jim Harbaugh, after taking this uh, big pay cut this last offseason and the dis the kind of discomfort that's going around in Ann Arbor about the state of the program. Michigan needs this to get back on the winning side of things against Michigan state. And uh, so I'm curious to what they have dialed up because I'm sure that they have something. Yeah. I, I talked about that a lot yesterday, just how Michigan kind of needs this a little bit more than Michigan state as far as just the expectations go, but we've talked plenty about how that's, really just a Michigan thing more than it is any of uh, this matchup kind of thing or anything contextually like that. I, I want to ask, I, I guess if we don't know what the game plan is going to be, what's the ideal game plan? If Michigan is able to get out there and establish that run, is that the best way for this team to get going on offense? How does this defense play best? Or I guess how would it be able to react best to what Michigan state's doing? Where do you think is like, the dream scenario for Michigan? How does it want this to play out? Well, for, for the offense, I think the big thing is to be able to, to, to be able to run the ball effectively, get into uh, third and short third and medium, and then, and then take advantage of uh, some big passing plays by using play action. I'm sure they're going to sprinkle in JJ McCarthy as well to kind of give Michigan state a different look. We've seen starting with the Wisconsin game, he started coming in and, so far, for the most part, when when he's come in, when Cade is still out, until Cade is out for the game and it's JJ's time to lead the offense, we've mostly seen him run zone read. Uh, certain Certainly, he keeps the ball pretty much the entire time. I, I'm curious to see what Michigan has dialed up as far as him throwing the ball, because clearly he can throw the ball. Uh, and I think he's probably, you know, he's certainly the future when it comes to Michigan's right. pass game. So I, I would imagine that that that's it. You got to have to be able to run the ball effectively to be able to throw it. And I, I'm curious to see how 
Michigan State's defensive line reacts to this will be the best offensive line that they've seen thus far. Uh, so if, if Michigan's offensive line can hold them at bay, give Cade uh, McNamara some time, keeping in mind they've only given up three sacks on the entire year. One of them wasn't even really a sack. One of them was uh, it was uh, an errant J.J. Uh, McCarthy uh, backwards pass in the first game of the season. So really only two sacks on Cade McNamara, one against Nebraska, one from Northwestern. If Michigan can protect, which it so far has, if Michigan can hold on to the football, which Cade McNamara has thrown one interception on a play that uh, should have been flagged for either an offsides or a false start, depending on which way you're looking at it, it should have been a dead play. He only threw that ball because he uh, he thought he had a free play and it, it didn't go well. If if, if they're if they can protect the football, don't have turnovers, uh, then that's everything that Michigan wants. Michigan wins the game. If that's the case, at least on the offensive side, on the defensive side, it's all about limiting big plays because Michigan state, they're an explosive offense. And we've seen against Nebraska against Indiana, that if you can limit Kenneth Walker and try to try to keep it to just a couple big plays from Jalen Naylor and Jaden Reed, then you're pretty much in a good spot. Uh, I think Michigan is going to be the best defense that uh, that Michigan State's faced, and I think it's probably not even really close. But I think Michigan State's still going to hit on those, right? Because just like with Michigan planning around this game, Michigan State certainly got some things saved up and planned around this game. So for Michigan, I think the big key is to uh, is is to is to find ways to get to the quarterback, force Peyton Thorne off his spot to uh, unleash Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo and uh, really just the whole defensive front. If, if they can play their keys and get through, I, I, I could imagine that it's going to be a really tough day for Michigan State to get going what it wants to get going. Special teams, I think Michigan just needs to kick it away from whoever is back there. You don't even want to give them a chance on kick or punt to, to return. It's the most explosive outfit when it comes to kick and punt return. You, you want to keep it away from them. And conversely, if you're Michigan on in the return game, you want to have a little bit better showing than you've had the last two weeks. So it, it's, it's going to be a tough one. Joel Klatz told me he thinks it's going to be a shootout, uh, which is different than what everyone else says it. Cause everyone, yeah. everyone says it's going to be a grinded out type thing. Joel Klatt thinks this is going to be uh, each team trying to match each other with explosive plays. So I am curious to see if that comes to fruition. Well, it is college football, isn't it? Anything can happen. It's a Big Ten, top 10 in-state battle on Saturday. And of course, for all of the information, you can tune in to Locked on Wolverines with Isaiah or stay tuned in with Isaiah's Twitter at Isaiah Hole too. He's always tweeting out all his stuff that he does over there. Be sure to go and listen into Locked on Wolverines as your second listen after you're done here. Thank you for making Locked on Big Town your first listen. We're going to talk about the rest of the games around the Big Ten, or at least the, the, the ones we care about. It won't actually even be in even half of the games around the Big Ten, but we've got some big matchups coming up this week after what was a bit more of a quiet week as far as like really big impactful games last weekend week nine provides a whole lot more we'll break it all down with isaiah right here on locked on big 10 our show today is brought to you in part by sweat block sweat block is the place to go for really anything you need for your antiperspirant it's the number one antiperspirant product on amazon so you know that this stuff is legit sweat block has just deodorant 
the stuff you know and love every single day put it on they sent us some stuff it works great smells great too they also have these wipes though that it can really help you out if you just need a day where you know you don't want to have to worry about any of the sweating kind of stuff on top of anything else you may be up to in the day you, you can go over to sweat block get these wipes put them on the night before and this stuff lasts up to a week again you can go to Sweatblock, try out their unique products, just the deodorant they have too. It's all stuff that's high quality, and again, the people love it. So try it out on Amazon at your local CVS, or you can use our promo code locked on at their website at sweatblock.com for a 20% discount. Again, that's Sweatblock. Today's show is brought to you in part by McDonald's. McDonald's has always had great food. I don't have to tell you about what mcdonald's is they're all over the place but it's also always been a great place for friends and family to reconnect reunite and really do anything else so head on over to mcdonald's today be sure to not only get again great affordable food exactly what you're looking for in minutes but also be sure to make those memories that you've been making for a really, really long time at McDonald's. Again, McDonald's helping us get you locked on Big Ten today. I'm loving it. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. It's everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every weekday. Isaiah holds in with us here to chat about the rest of the matchups in the conference. We went over already the biggest game of the weekend in the entire country, Michigan and Michigan State, but there are other ones with big conference implications going on on Saturday too. And Isaiah is here to help us break them down. Isaiah, let's start over on the other side of the Big Ten in the West. Two teams that if they win out would win the Big Ten. They can't both do it because they're facing each other here this weekend. Iowa is at Wisconsin. And as things stand, this is a pretty big matchup because Wisconsin, if it wins this game, I guess the next biggest challenge the rest of the season on their schedule would be Minnesota at the very end of the year. So if they pull off the upset here, it becomes very realistic that Wisconsin wins the Big Ten West instead of just, uh, honestly, the kind of joke we've been saying is a three-loss team is the team that controls its own destiny. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, on the other side, obviously, Iowa's looking to keep control of what it lost a little bit ago and keep a college football playoff bid intact as well. Isaiah, these two teams obviously know each other very well. It's two really, really good defenses. Do you see the offenses competing in a way that this one ends up turning out close at the end? Because that's kind of been the theme between teams like this who have played each other in the Big Ten this season. I'm really curious about this game because – so far, it doesn't really seem like any offense is able to do a lot. I think that right. I- Iowa's got a little bit more capability in, in the passing game, and Wisconsin's got more capability in the run game. And we saw Purdue certainly take advantage of the Iowa defense uh, through the air. So uh, I think it, the thing that they kind of almost have a similar for Wisconsin, it's almost similar to, to Michigan. You got to be able to run the ball to pass it and then not make mistakes, which is something Graham Mertz has done. But you look last week, he threw the ball, what, eight times? It was like five for eight. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, it, if they can find a way to get the ground game going, which certainly I think that that I think that they have a much better ground game than Iowa. Uh, I, certainly, I, I think that that's uh, that's going to be in their capability. Now, conversely, obviously, Iowa wants to get the run game going and really no one's been able to do that on Wisconsin. Uh 
as far as a traditional team, Michigan's done the best against Wisconsin. Uh, obviously, Army was able to move the ball. Army's going to be able to run on to some degree against any team in the country, uh, Georgia included. Uh, but uh, Wisconsin, with the the best rush defense in the country, uh, certainly I think that that plays into their benefit. I kind of like Wisconsin in this one just because I think they're going to find enough to to get things done. Mertz played a bit better the last two weeks than he did earlier in the season. But again, every time they faced a tough team, the, the offense has kind of fallen apart at the seams. Still, I think I have more faith in the Wisconsin run game than I do the Iowa passing game in a game like this. Yeah, that that's a good point. I was kind of thinking of it as like, all right, I had originally went in like, okay, can Graham Mertz do enough to like win this game for Iowa or Wisconsin? And then I remembered that like Graham Mertz doesn't really have to. Spencer Petras could easily just be bad enough for Wisconsin to win the game too. It's, I think, a game that could go either way, which is crazy thinking about where these teams were at in our minds like three weeks ago maybe. But as it stands, it's a game in Wisconsin between two Big Ten defenses that are very likely, if you ask me, to keep this one close throughout. And, and I mean, I don't have to talk to, about just crazy plays that have happened throughout the Big Ten this season, crazy games, crazy, crazy quarters, anything can go down. And this is just kind of one of those matchups. It's just not always when you have those two kinds of teams also at the top of the standings in the Big Ten West as well. But that's the way that things stand, at least right now, or the way it could turn out. Again, Wisconsin still has some more winning to do to get back actually at the top of, of those rankings. But again, first step is a win against Iowa, and we'll see what happens. Again, it could go either way. Also, this was supposed to be a bigger matchup until last weekend, Penn State against Ohio State. These two teams obviously at one point had targets on each other's backs all season. It was weird now going into this game with Penn State having two losses. I've still been saying all week, kind of forgetting that the Nittany Lions don't actually have college football playoff aspirations really anymore. But where are you at with this game between Ohio State and Penn State? I, I mean, Buckeyes look as good as they've been all season as every single week goes on, Isaiah. Well, they haven't really played anyone since they've gotten better. But right. with that said, I don't think it's going to matter. Uh, Penn State's defense is still really good, but uh, Indiana's got a really good defense, and the Ohio State offense—it's—it's it's found its stride. It—it's it, found that hey, we're an elite unit. We need to play like it. They weren't doing that necessarily in the first couple weeks of the season. Now they are. They've obviously found their running back in Travion Henderson, and he's growing every single week. Uh, then you have your cadre of uh, elite wideouts and CJ Stroud is hitting guys where only they can go and get it. He's looking more than a red shirt freshman at this point. Uh, so it, it's looking like a traditional Ohio state. It's going to be the toughest test that they've had going up against the Penn state defense. But to me, if you're Penn state, you, you know, you're also dealing with a lot of distractions. You, you have James Franklin out there. He doesn't know who he's playing and where he's playing him. Apparently, uh, he he didn't exactly give a full throated denial about uh, coaching changes. I think Penn State's a really distracted team, and it's a bad week to have that happen offensively. An absolute disaster against Illinois. Uh, I had said last week on this program, I said, uh, you know, we didn't want to talk about the game. I was like, let's talk about it because Penn State could be yeah, in some yeah. trouble. And I, I thought that was a little bit more predicated on Sean Clifford not playing. And he played and it didn't go well. So they're not getting anything from their run game. They're sometimes getting some things from the Clifford to Jahan Dotson connection. 
it's been about it. It hasn't really looked good the last couple weeks, obviously a couple losses. It, it, I, I, Ohio State, maybe with their their defense, it, we don't know that this defense is really healed because it hasn't played anybody with a pulse offensively. Indiana's an absolute disaster. Uh, some of these other teams they've played, Rutgers, uh, they're not really cobbling together much offensively either. So Penn State certainly, it, it's going to want to try to figure out what it can do from an offensive standpoint, but we haven't really seen since the Auburn game any capability from the offensive standpoint. So it, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, if Penn state can hang around. I don't think they will. I've got Ohio state in a blowout. I think it's going to look like when Ohio state plays most teams, it might be a little harder for a little while, but then they'll, they'll find the cipher and crack the Penn state defense eventually. If it hasn't already hit wherever you're at, winter is just around the corner. So before things get too out of hand with the weather here in Big Ten country, you're going to want to head over to Rock Auto to do any sort of repairs, maintenance, upgrades, or just making sure everything's ready to go to take on what is going to be, as it always is, a long winter if you do live with us here in the schools at the Big Ten. It's can't be easy always working on your car, but Rock Auto makes it as easy as possible. If you need a part or again, anything else for your car, head on over to rockauto.com and look for whatever part you need. They're going to have exactly what you're looking for. You can make sure of it. They, they make sure that you're not getting anything wrong, but also they get it at the right price, not dealing with that middleman of a dealership or a part shop, and get it right to your door. You don't have to leave your couch. So with the convenience, the affordability, and really just the quality at rockauto.com, you got nothing to lose by heading over to the site. And again, if you end up using the service, let them know that you heard about it from us by putting Locked On in their little How Did You Hear About Us box. Bet Online is your place to go for all of your sports betting needs. Everything that you could ever want, really, for football season. They got a whole lot of new things for you to try out there at the site, including a just site that looks better. They got a whole new user interface up there for you to check out, too. And really, all the lines, all the information for any sport you can find over at Bet Online. So head on over to the site, betonline.ag, enter in our promo code locked on for a 100% match on your first deposit into your account and start. Betting away. It's your online sportsbook experts. Any line you hear on the show here at Locked On is going to be from Bet Online. So head on over to the site and bet with us. Start making some money on everything that we are talking about down to the number. It's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Well, the, the excuse has been the last few weeks that if Penn State had had Sean Clifford at 100%, they would have won the game. Sean Clifford said he was far from that against Illinois last week. We'll see where he's at against Ohio State this weekend. Still not quite sure exactly what kind of game plan they're going to have for him, whether that's exactly what they would like to do with him or limited. But if they do get him back, that's the time to prove just how, how great that guy would have been if he had been there before against an Ohio State team that is looking like you're going to have to put up at least 30, 35 to even sniff what they're going to need to beat him. But Moving on, Minnesota is at Northwestern. This is a game Northwestern, the reigning Big Ten West champs, but have absolutely fallen off. I said yesterday, one of two teams uh, with Indiana, I think, who are bottom three in both scoring and defensive scoring in the Big Ten. So it's ugly right now for Northwestern. We knew they wouldn't be as good. We didn't know they would be this bad. Minnesota, on the other hand, it's taken me a while, but I've 
fought back in on these gophers. It, it was always the run game with me. Once Mo Ibrahim went out, I was like, this team can't keep the running game good enough to be able to open up whatever skill you think Tanner Morgan has at quarterback. But game after game, injury after injury, these gophers keep running the football well. Two freshmen, I believe they were both freshmen, that hit 100 yards rushing last week. The way this defense has played over the last few weeks, alongside the realization that some of that run success has maybe a little bit more to do with the offensive line than I initially thought, and therefore is a little bit more stable, has me thinking that Minnesota could be another team that it plays Wisconsin at the very end of this season and has Iowa on the schedule already, too. If Minnesota wins out, it wins the Big Ten West. It's starting to become a bit of a dark horse pick after people, myself included, counted P.J. Flex team out after a rough start to the season. They're a team that's been figuring things out kind of on yeah. the fly, and you're seeing that uh, some some games, like against Nebraska, Tanner Morgan shows up. Other games, he doesn't need to or just doesn't, and they found a way to run the ball kind of no matter who. You know, could be me or you, and we could run for 100 yards behind that offensive line, apparently, uh, which is crazy since I have a bad back, but I could do it. Um, that's, I think, defensively. You're making excuses for a hypothetical. (laughs) Go ahead. I am. am. (laughs) Well, you see me here trying to do this here, but uh, I think that uh, the defense is what really is going to stand strong. Northwestern offensively is a mess right now. I mean, it's it's a mess kind of across the board. They're getting better. You can see that they're getting better. Uh, one big explosive play from Evan Hall last week against Michigan at the 75 yard touchdown. Uh, but Ryan Helinski has not proven to be an upgrade on Hunter Johnson. They've got some good receivers, but it's just not really working right now. And I don't think that against any, any kind of good defense, it's really going to. So I, I, I can't imagine that Northwestern is going to be able to muster up enough. Uh, and no matter how good or bad Tanner Morgan plays, it, 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 you saw that they gave up 200 and something yards to Michigan. They're going to give up that maybe then some to, to Minnesota uh, unless they come to play somehow, some way again, they're, they're the Wildcats are improving. It's just, it's hard to improve when you have a schedule like you, you have right now in the big 10. So yeah, I think it's going to be hard for them, but I think Minnesota will win by a couple scores, but uh, I'm not completely counting Northwestern out. I just, it's going to be a really tough ask for them to suddenly find its footing. But hey, if if Bowling Green can beat Minnesota, certainly Northwestern has that capability. It's just, it's going to take a lot of things going right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, it seems like every Big Ten team has one of those kind of what ifs. Well, if this team was able to compete, anybody can. But uh, again, we'll see what ends up happening in Evanston on Saturday. If you want to go to that game, by the way, uh, tickets for Northwestern home games have been consistently under $5 per seat in the lower bowl. So that's just something if you're in the Illinois area and have, I don't know, uh, didn't get a coffee this morning. Moving on here, I believe that's all I had to talk about as far as games in the Big Ten this weekend, Isaiah. Is there anything else that piques your interest? Because again, we talked about how we didn't talk about as much Illinois and Penn State last week. You'll notice we haven't talked about all the games this week either, but I'm not calling anybody out this time around. Is there anything else that intrigues you in this weekend's slate around the Big Ten? Uh, this week, not as much. Right. I, I feel like it, it's pretty much pretty much figured out. I mean, Indiana, Maryland, I, I guess I'll touch this briefly on, on that. Because yeah, yeah. like, I think that certainly that could be Indiana – it's a disaster, but Maryland is, I think, an increasingly just as bad disaster at this point. 
what you know they have no wins in the big 10 yeah. indiana's got you know they're two and five so it's not like it's they're anything great here but uh if they i don't who knows who's going to be the quarterback at this point for the hoosiers but if they can get a whoever in whether it's it doesn't seem like Penix is returning maybe he does jack tuttle he was injured against ohio state if right now it's like if if you can get anyone out there with a pulse on as a quarterback you can take advantage of this maryland defense they are welcoming you to the end zone and as Talia Tagovailoa continues to lose weapons on a seemingly weekly basis, it, it it makes it hard to imagine, especially against a tough Indiana defense. We've seen them be tough against every team except for Ohio State. I think it could be tough for them to score, especially if they can if they can get a takeaway or two. It can certainly end up being a close one. I, I kind of like Indiana in this game if and only if they can find someone at quarterback that can complete just a few passes. And I think that uh, they'll be able to run the ball a lot better than they have recently, considering how not good the Maryland defense is. And the quarterbacks tend to matter. And uh, Indiana thought it had one at the beginning of this season that could compete for the conference. Boy, has things changed in Bloomington over the start of this season. But everyone's heading into the home stretch. Michigan and Michigan State obviously have a big one this weekend. And Isaiah Hole is going to be there on the coverage for Wolverines Wire and, of course, every weekday on Locked On Wolverines. Be sure to make them your second listen every weekday after you're done here. And thanks for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen of the day. Isaiah, thanks for coming on here on a Thursday. We'll be back with you again next week after Michigan, Michigan State. I'm sure you'll have plenty to tell us about what you thought about the matchup. Until then, thanks again for coming on. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. My pleasure. That's Isaiah Hole with Locked On Wolverines. I'm Nate Dickinson, and this has been Locked On Big Ten.